welcome to the Pink Bike Racing Podcast. This week, Ben Cathro and me, Henry Quinney, take you through the highs and lows of the racing from Lenzerheide. Last time, the Bucket Boys podcast featured the wonderful Harry Jenkinson, who not only makes the documentary for the team, but is also a dab hand at sound production too. Now, he informed us that the sound was so bad, he wouldn't be coming on again unless we fixed it. So needless to say, it will be just Ben and myself this week as we take you on a sonic soundscape that will make you wonder why we even bother. We are in a motorway service station about an hour east of Geneva as we head to Andorra. Sat outside a fast food restaurant as the staff give us some weird looks. Fatigued, spotty, sweaty, weary, even haggard looking and barely hanging on to their patch stain uniform. Ben and I probably do deserve some suspicious looks. And onto the racing itself. So Big Daddy Ben Cathro, you did a race recap called Story of the Race, Each World Cup. It mm. comes out just afterwards. Can you tell me why you got every single fact wrong in the video? Who's Finley Islandsbury? And how much did you win by? <laughs> so, um, a lot of these videos are done with a lot of fatigue, mm. very last minute. Mm. And uh, it relies on me having the time to research everything. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes... Oh, hold I, on, Ben. I was packing down the pits <laughs> yesterday. What were you doing when you were watching the live feed? <laughs> As I was working my hands to a blister. Finding... <laughs> Some form of story to tell, which yes. is actually flipping hard. Yes, super like, difficult. There's a lot of things that happen. Quite often there's like one standout, like, whoa, mm. what, what was that? Like, let's go figure out, let's go look at that section, let's go talk to that person. But uh, this race, although it was very exciting, there wasn't really anything that stood out. Mm. So in those situations, I'm not uh, making delicate, finite little notes of every single time and uh, every time gap. I'm uh, trying to craft a story and come up with some things to talk about. And that's the thing as well, because it is, you know, you said that planning, whatever, or pre preparation, but you, you've you only got, it's not like you can go into the weekend with it all scripted. No. It's so reactive. So, mm. you know, I think we sh I think me and the internet should cut you some bloody slack. Well, I mean, I was complaining a lot on camera and we had to cut a lot of it out because <laughs> Glenn, 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 Glenn was like, Catherine, this video is supposed to be five minutes. It's 15. <laughs> And half of it's just you talking a lot of crap. <laughs> At one point I was lying on the ground just saying, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> so on to the race itself. I mean, we had a, you know, I say the team, the team had a pretty good weekend. Mm. Um, the course was, I think, probably the best lens hide course we've seen. Yeah. I think that would be fair I, to say. Agreed. It was classic lens hide, which I, I think is a good track. It makes for pretty tight racing, but with some fresh changes which due to the weather rode really well yes it was really dry it was nice and it's fun yeah. to ride fresh stuff like that i only wish maybe i mean it's, it's probably damned if you damned if you don't but i would have loved it if there'd been more camera placement for the live feed on some of the interesting bits of the track true um you know in the pre-race footage and seeing everyone's gopros it looked like a track with real variety. Mm -hmm. It kind of had that old school downhill line choice, all this stuff going on. Yep. And then they just filmed the motorway section at the bottom. Yep. So imagine you are the chief of the live broadcast mm -hmm. and you have to pick all the camera positions and assign all the equipment and cables and everything before the race happens. Mm -hmm. You walk the track, you look at it all, you go, right, if it rains, this bit is going to look terrible. Yes. So I get it. Even though it's unfortunate that 
they maybe were like, it's maybe a bit risky to put a camera here because it could everyone could look really slow and terrible. You know, Ben, I've said it before and I'll say it again. That fair-handed pragmatism has no place in this podcast. <laughs> I want toxic. Mike Hasm always does it. Always says really fair things. No, we want bile. We want anger. This is what gets the clicks. Okay. Piers Morgan on. has made a living out of being an arsehole. And why oh. want you to do that too? Pause. <laughs> Cut. Um, well, Henry, um, I think you're right. I think... Mm-hmm. I'm glad Red Bull won't be doing live feed next week because they've, <laughs> they've clearly no idea what they're doing. Yeah, this is this this where you get the headlines from. Somebody can misquote this; it'll appear in something. Perfect. That's now we're talking. So, um, <laughs> looking at the race in itself, we'll start with with the junior women as always. Gracie Hemstreet, the Canadian racer, mm-hmm. has done it again, mm-hmm. getting the best or bettering Phoebe Gale. Um, Jenna Hastings sneaking onto the podium in third with Isabella Yankova in fourth and we're going to start with the fifth place rider mm-hmm. our very own amy kenyon let's talk about her weekend i mean i think you know we're, we're there to obviously talk about the event as a whole but mm. maybe maybe it's just indulgent but we, we do like to talk about the pink bike racing side of things and and give people a bit of an eye and you know she came into mm. this event amy a bit nervous she hadn't ridden a bike a lot mm. or enough in mm. the intervening weeks since um since innsbruck so do you want to talk us through what her weekend was like do you think yeah, so, yeah, like you were saying, she was nervous, she hadn't ridden her bike much because uh, everyone in the team got ill and mm. she just spent most of her time at home, she said, sleeping. Mm. So uh, I think that was actually a good call because yeah. she was recovered and rested, even if she hadn't had a lot of bike time. And uh, it's been an interesting year because like, she started off with a ninth mm-hmm. in Lourdes and then obviously had the amazing result at the home race um, in Fort William when she was third. Um, but I feel like that the home race can be a bit of an anomaly. It mm. can be like a, you can get a really good result at a home race. But then if we go uh, to the ones following, she was seventh. She got seventh. In, in which, you know, gang. it doesn't sound, I think, sorry, sorry to just jump in. I think that, although seventh is a really strong result, mm. and it, it's hard because in some ways I think Amy kind of ripped up the form book with mm. that third in Fort William because mm. we were hoping by the end of the season to get a fifth. Yeah, but it's actually amazing to see her build on. Well, that's it. That. That, that 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 is the point I was I was getting to oh, before sorry. I was rudely interrupted. I'm so sorry. Let me just continue that flow. <laughs> <laughs> she got to fifth this weekend, mm. and yeah, I think if you discount the home race, you can see she's on. An upward curve, yes. which is really cool. And we can see it in her riding. She's getting more confident. She's building up the speed. And yeah, fifth this weekend was super cool. Was super cool. I mean, yeah, and she, you know, she's a bit felt like she's oper- operating on a really good frequency this weekend. Um, and I'm stoked for her. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked for her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just a cool kid. I've got a lot of respect for her. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah, let's just try and try and keep the, try and keep that up- upward trajectory mm-hmm. sort of thing moving. Hey. I mean, Fifth this weekend, all the riders in front of her. I mean, I know junior women. It's it's they've got a, lot, a long way to go yet, but I'd say the top four in front of her are actually heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Isabella yeah. Yankova, world champ, won the series the year before. Mm-hmm. Gracie Hemstreet that's bust onto the scene, killing it. Phoebe Gale that was doing fast times in the mm-hmm. lead last year. It's detecting. There's that bottom, and I don't know. I don't know the, the lingo. Mm. I believe it's not a, a hip, not a shark. Fin going into the penultimate jump. It's a long way, but shark fin sounds cool. And I saw it on TikTok, and I think that's what kids call stuff nowadays. There's, is it? Was it a hip? Was it a hip jump? Going into the motorway section at the end of the penultimate jump. It's a shark fin. Is it a shark fin? I would say it's a shark. Oh fin. wow! 
I just I knew that like that was just in there. Um, so off the sharp fin, like a lot of people basically cut, cutting it tight to the right to try and reduce the distance they had to jump. Mm-hmm. Gracie, I was actually coming in the cable cut after Amy's run mm-hmm. coming down, and she was actually picking up and transferring to the smoother part on the other side of the course. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly composed rider, mm-hmm. amazing to watch. Um, yeah, I'm just I think as a just an incredibly stylish rider. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, well, you know, obviously having, having amazing results this year. I just think, I think it's good. You know, you see so many, um, really technically strong, um, female junior riders. Mm-hmm. It's really good to see someone that's not, obviously they're all incredibly, incredibly talented, but seeing someone who's just a massive hucker as well. I really like that. Same <laughs> as Jess Blewett when she was coming through. Yeah, true. Just, she hucks like fair play. Mm. Like, I think that's, um, and that's super cool. Yeah. And the more that come through that show these skills. I think it encourages more mm. to learn and do that kind of stuff because you do, whether you want to or not, you do look up to people mm. and try and emulate them. And uh, in the male side of the sport, there's always been people to look up to that do mm. everything. But in the female side, not so much. So it's mm. great that there's these riders coming through that people can emulate. Mm. And we even saw that with uh, Amy in the first episode of Pink Bike Racing mm. uh, that people were saying, wow, like, that's I've been following Amy for years and that's really inspired me to try and do similar stuff mm. so it's yeah very cool I mean because the, the, the size of the jumps that so many riders are doing at World Cups um, it's almost like you know getting to like sort of ski size you know mm. I mean everyone told me when you start skiing you start hucking I never got off the magic carpet in, in six months <laughs> but I understand that I think you know some people that, that dabble um, and they're used to sending big stuff on skis you know mm. you're Canadians you people that live in the Alps and stuff then getting on a bike mm-hmm. I think I think it, it potentially helps a bit mm-hmm. um, going into the junior men's I mean what's there to say that hasn't already been said about the two animals that are Jackson and Jordan interestingly mm-hmm. enough this week though they were separated um, Lachlan Stevens McNabb got in between them mm-hmm. um, he had an amazing run obviously to be that close to Jackson he was um, 251.5 Jackson was just over 250. Jordan Williams, what happened to him on his run? Because he got third. So we didn't get a chance to talk to him, uh, but uh, the media guys had talked to either some staff members or some people who saw the incident, but he hit a tree, mashed his finger quite bad. We heard rumours that he might have broken it, we're not sure, but it was definitely bandaged up after the race. And uh, he didn't crash, but he definitely stalled and Mm. lost time. So... I mean, you're just guessing, but you you got to think it would have been close yes. without that. Well, it was what two hundredths or something um, behind behind Lockie in in um in qualifying in qualifying. Oh yeah, I mean, it was, it was it tiny. ridiculous. It might even been thousands. Yeah, like yeah, very tight. They're really equally matched, and it's mm. it's really exciting. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. I I know. I think it's also really good to see. You know, products of the junior system. Finals coming through, which we'll get mm. onto in the elite men. Mm. But I know I always talk about it, and probably people are sick to the back teeth and me going on about it. But, um, you know, the Matt Walker thing, Finals, I'd say they were some of the last real big hitters, maybe apart from Thibaut Deprella, mm. he's come up. Um, but Finn never felt, although he's obviously got podiums and stuff, you know, Matt Walker's gone on to win World Cups mm. now in Leergang and the overall. Thibaut Deprella's gone on to achieve amazing things. Mm. And it's really great to see Finn really like looking he's, like he's going to win something imminently yeah um because do you think that having you know it wasn't so long ago that there wasn't a junior category at all mm-hmm. do you think it, it benefits the riders and do you, would you say it should go on to be like a junior then under 23 category 
Potentially. Um, it's an interesting kind of question and concept. Uh, yeah, when I was racing, you were just, you just raced with elites. Mm. And you just had to be one of the best riders in the world as a junior mm. to get noticed and do well. And well, I find few- hard doing that as an adult, <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a few people did it. I mean, mm. Brendan was getting top tens when he was a junior. Mm. I think Blenkinsop might have even won a World Cup when he was a junior mm. or, or first year elite. I think he would have been thirsty with year first year elite. Very, very quick out of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was possible, but having a platform to really display what you can do and be separate from the elites is great mm. but it's only on a result sheet really what was it like being a junior and just seeing all those big hitters and just being like gotta go as fast as them now it was cool i've really loved it i'd be like there's there, there's steve pete mm. i've seen him in those videos and that mm. that's well cool and then see him do a line and be like i'm gonna do steve's line yeah <laughs> that's sick uh yeah, I loved it. And I didn't know uh, any different. I didn't know, I hadn't really done other sports or things where I'd really thought about how, I don't know, it was maybe a bit unfair that you had to race with the elites. Mm. It was just, that's World Cups. That's what you do back then. So if they switch back to that, then maybe a lot of people would be like, oh. And do you think it's shame. just a, a physicality thing? Or do you think it's a, a an ability, th- you know? Because uh, I remember when, when I was playing rugby as a, I remember going into the first year adults mm-hmm. and I mean, I was never aggressive enough to play rugby, mm-hmm. like at a decent level anyway, um, or anything near that. Um, but it was, excuse me. Oh, yeah. It was just the size of these big, like these big <laughs> aggressive men that want, you know, and I was like, I was technically okay, but I was way, 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 I was never, nowhere near strong enough. Yeah. Well, do you, do you think that the, the junior riders, if you, they're technically good enough, composed enough, they have the head game, or do you think it is just a, a physical strength thing? Uh, I would say it's different for everyone because uh, people develop physically and mentally at different speeds. Mm. So some riders, you would say mentally, are there. And mm. I would say seems like Jackson and Jordan mentally are there. They're very consistent. Yes. I would say there may be other things that could happen which could knock their confidence that maybe a more experienced person would be able to deal with. Uh, but I mean, we've only seen them for season and a half really yeah yeah yeah, totally so it's it is very hard to tell and then physically yeah absolutely some people when they're 14 look like a 30 year old man Mm. (laughs) very much and some people are 30 Uh, years old and still struggling to go in a stash is that where you're going with that then i can i wasn't i wasn't gonna say it (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're the one that brought the insecurities when you started talking about the gap in the middle (laughs) i i i love it because it's so bad I, I, you know, it makes me happy, like how bad it is. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to look like Nigel Mansell. I've accepted this now, so I may as well just enjoy another part of it. Oh, man, I mean, at least it's it's a little bit fuller than Tebow's. I'll give you that. It is Tebow looks like a 1950s like film noir director. Yeah, it's quite incredible. It what is. A look. Well, it's funny because we were long story sorry, long story short. I was speaking to someone. I was invited to come say it at the pits, mm-hmm. and I said, like it was just the morning that I met Tebow after the race. That's all before the racing, and we were all setting up, and I said. I would tell you that I'm the person in the pink bike pits with terrible facial hair, mm. but there's two of us now. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems he's embracing it because uh, it's so French. Mm. He, like someone actually commented on uh, the pink bike story saying, could you be any more French? And he's just like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So um, the junior men, again, I mean, as with the junior women, I mean, it feels like 
I know it feels like the racing is of such a high level and it's such a great spectacle. Mm-hmm. I know we always go on about it. It would be great to one see it one day see it televised. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Ball, I'm sure you're listening at home. You know, eagerly waiting to hear us spout our uneducated um, speculations. But um, yeah, it'd be great to see it televised. I think that mm. I don't know because it, it kind of, although it's not, it kind of is a feeder series, mm. even though it's the same series. But it would be great to see it treated as. Such. I've I've been thinking about it because doing it as a live broadcast too tricky i think but a pre-recorded pre-show thing it mm. wouldn't be that hard i think mm. you know when they're talking about it and they want to introduce the track and stuff they could be like and here's some of the junior racing yeah. earlier on in the day why wouldn't that work so yeah i feel like it, it would be doable um and it could be something they're looking into doing mm. next year i don't know no one knows everyone's been asking i mean i assume he is probably listening <laughs> He's probably a big fan. The Bucket he's Boys. Notes. He's, I saw him walk around with a Bucket Boys bucket cap. He was loving it. Eh? Limited edition. There's only one. He made it himself. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did that with your One Direction t-shirt, huh? <laughs> so, uh, on to the elite field. Now, there are two people outside the top five that I want to talk about. Um, first of all is a unexpected to some pink bike rider. Whee. So, do you want to explain to the listeners at home Mm-hmm. This like what? What? Why are we running some? Why are we running with a rider that isn't on our on our roster? Mm-hmm. Who is that rider? And what? What? How? What are our expectations? How are we helping them out? Hmm. So there is a girl, French girl, uh, first year elite called Leona Pierini, and she was riding for another team at the start mm-hmm. of the year, and she wasn't having the greatest time on the team. They were had some disagreements, and she felt like if she had to make the choice of being a privateer or riding for the team, she would prefer to mm. go her own way. And it just so happened that we heard her story. Uh, she was talking to Peter, our mechanic, who speaks French, and he just mentioned to her that if you're going to do that, send Cathro a message. Big Daddy Cathro. Because you just don't know. Just send him a message. He just throws me tens of people. He does. <laughs> and it, anno- it annoys everyone that's in charge of stock. <laughs> <laughs> no comment <laughs> so um, I, I was just like uh, yeah I heard her story and I was like that's really unfortunate and I we we ordered all our bikes super early uh, on and uh, at the time we ordered them there was going to be someone who was quite short mm. on the team and they didn't end up joining the team and we ended up with two spare medium V10 frames and I've been searching for a use case. So mm. when she messaged me, it just seemed like this is this is the the use case yeah, that I've been yeah. waiting for. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd just like to jump in just about, I think, you know, each team culture is different. Each type team dynamic is different. And when you watch World Cup coverage and you see, you know, the, you know, maybe, I don't know, Loic's mechanic twiddling with a suspension telemetry or someone doing, you know, polishing a swing arm, the hardest working mechanics in my book are actually the, the riders and the privateer, the mechanics and the privateer teams. Mm. Because, like, you know, when we're lucky we've got these, you know, since we're supported by Shimano, which is amazing, because when we break a mech, we'd have to try and make the mech work. Mm-hmm. We just put a new one and we'll look at it later. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are working for a privateer team or, a, you know, a smaller team, it's really hard because everything takes so much, so much longer. Mm. Um, and it's, it's stress and, you know, and yet again, like, again, we're, we're really lucky and it's, it's it's thanks to the brands that supported us and thanks to everyone that listens and 
maybe even watches the um, the series for their support and interest because that's what gives us security. We're, we're in a position where we are very secure. Mm. Um, running a World Cup team is is stressful enough. When when you've got good sponsors who send you a good amount of parts and mm. financial security, I think that so you know it's in Leona's case it's not the first and it won't be the last where World Cup racing can be a pressure cooker, and honestly it can be just really, really hard to get things over the line. Mm. Um, obviously, I don't, I don't know the specifics of any situation, but just, just generally. Um, I tried to do... Well, I'd love to get a mechanic from a smaller team on, on this podcast. Mm. Um, just talk about the pressures, because the hardest work I've ever done as a mechanic in terms of bike fixing was, was for smaller teams, because you just don't have any parts. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing a wheel and run, mm. it's just stressful, because you're kind of... I don't know, it's people's dreams, you know? And you're usually fixing four people's bikes yeah. and yeah. sharing parts and oh, all of It's so stressful. Yeah, it's um, hectic. So, yeah, you know, I think um, just probably the situation was probably very complicated. But she came onto the team, having never rid of V10 before. You know, new suspension brand, new brakes, new everything. Mm-hmm. New controls, all this sort of stuff. And she not only qualified for a World Cup, but she walked away after the finals with a 12th place. Mm-hmm. That is a colossal achievement. Yeah. I'm enormously happy for her. It's like if if you were to look at it just on the results, like she's had, I think, an 11th earlier on in the year and another position in the teens. So it's like it's, you've got to give it the context. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, well, she did, did a similar speed, but she had never ridden this bike before. And bikes are very different yeah. between each other. They take a while to learn and figure out. And she had a new team and it was like new people and getting used to all of that and the the extra pressure you put on yourself because you feel like someone's really trying to help you so you want to do well for them. Yes. And I think she dealt with it really well. Oh, fantastic. Even well. just qualifying yeah. was sick. And we were all like so happy for her as well because like, yeah, it's hard. Well, when she qualified, it meant that she got like, at that point, like an extra like 20% of time on the bike just because she gets to do race day. Yeah. So Which it's more practice for next more practice week. More practice next yeah. week. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. um, speaking of mechanics, I want to have a big shout out to Peter Duke, mm-hmm. who some people know as Northern from Morzine. Mm-hmm. He has been so accommodating. So for those of you that don't know, Jackson, our junior rider, who's out with a broken wrist. Pete normally wrenches for him and Tebow. Mm-hmm. Jackson out. We had this idea of bringing um, Leona in mm-hmm. and Pete was tremendously accommodating. Yeah. And massive kudos to him because yeah. I think he made her feel right at home, helped with set up. Mm-hmm. And all the riders actually, like... Without um, going on, and maybe this isn't toxic enough for the podcast, but all our riders are just good buggers, and I've got a lot of respect for them, and they're all just really nice people. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to think that we made her feel at home and on Thrandora, mm-hmm. and um, I hope she just continues to enjoy riding with the team. Yeah, and yeah, we're happy to have her about, and I'm excited to see kind of how she gets on. Yeah, it's totally. Cool. Totally. So, another rider outside the top five, um, Rachel Atherton. Ooh. So, you know, she dipped her toe in, I think, in Fort William, mm-hmm. um, said, nope. Not not quite right, mm-hmm. and she came back here, racing the World Cup. I mean, again, I think I think it's just cool to see like you know one of the, the all time greats still slugging it out. Um, interesting enough, we're talking to Tracy Hanna, mm-hmm. um, who was obviously her old adversary, yeah, which just yeah, a few yeah. years ago. Um, Tracy, unfortunately, basically had a really horrible incident at the Mega Avalanche. Mm-hmm. She knocked herself out, and what was worse, and not to, um, I'm sure it was, it was quite hard because you're racing it. But I saw a video of people just like riding past it. It looked gnarly, man. Um, but Tracy was just saying, you know, how like 
you know, it was it was really. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they're similar. You know, Tracy kind of liked the fact that she kind of went out at the top on her own terms. Mm-hmm. I think I imagine Rachel is well, she's obviously very competitive. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she really really wants it. Apparently, she doesn't feel quite strong enough yet. Mm-hmm. But um, I would imagine that she's not thinking, "Oh, I'm doing this as a hobby." Mm-hmm. She's probably still thinking, "Oh, one day I'll go out on my own terms, maybe." <laughs> you know. Um, I, th- I think she feels like she could still do well. Mm. Do you think honest. she's probably targeting world champs? No, I don't think. Like, given how she decided to race, it clearly wasn't planned. She's obviously had the idea in her head for a while, but she said on Sunday she decided she was going to race. Mm. And it's like, she's. I think she's testing the waters to maybe. Yeah. What, I I think she wants to win a World Cup again. I think she really likes racing. Mm. Um, and she maybe missed it or she missed having not that having a child isn't a purpose but having a like a goal mm. to strive for she seems like someone that's always been chasing something mm. so yeah i think i think she we're gonna see her on a podium again mm. for sure i yeah I mean, it'd be amazing achievement if she did mm-hmm. i'm a big fan um on to the actual top five at long last valley hull fifth uh monica harasnik in um fourth all those times, including Eleanor Farina, Farina, are very close. 320 for Farina, the 321, and then 322 for Hull. And then, I mean, you know, class of the field again. Blanche and Nicole, far faster than the rest. Mm. Nicole, in particular, was five seconds or four and a half seconds quicker. Not, not six seconds. Blanche. That was a mistake from yesterday's video. Four and a half. Oh, my God. Ben, you've sickened me. Um, I mean, what a run for Miriam Nicole. Yeah, uh, she was so impressive. Mm. Like, watching her coming down, it was just like, oh, well, I guess she's going to win within, like, the first 20 seconds. Like, God, like, yeah, super confident, super fast. And she does have this, um, like, control and aggression over her bike. Whereas a lot of other fast riders tend to just go, it's like they're going with it, mm. if that makes sense. But she looks like she's proper putting the bike where she wants it. Like, I mean, com- confidence is the right word. Mm. I mean, uh, I think, I don't think it'd be fair to say that she's a better rounded rider now than she was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she absolutely sends huge stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything's, you know, it's all about being the fastest and just making it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, she had a really nice really nasty crash in Fort William, I believe, where she got bucked, mm. maybe case something bucked. And, mm-hmm. and that seems to have gone, like that, mm-hmm. that, that, that blind spot in her riding. And she's um, just a fantastic competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, interestingly enough, you know, I mean, something I want to talk about is the top five. I mean, we, we, we spoke about it with uh, Nicole earlier in the year where she potentially might have had something to do with a concussion symptom after mm-hmm. Lords, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many like, lingering injuries that you don't always know about or they don't always publicise. I think if five years ago we'd said there would be this elite field and say, okay, so maybe Tracy and Rachel are doing something different now. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, well, who are the heir apparent? I don't, and it's no disrespect to Camille Ballant because she just simply wasn't on the scene. Mm-hmm. But I think you would have probably said, well, it would be Marine Cabaru, mm-hmm. who had a terrible injury, which we didn't acknowledge at the time in our Fort William podcast mm-hmm. because the information hadn't just come out. And Tani Seagrave, who seems to be really keeping under the radar this mm-hmm. year. I think the women's field is, is incredibly exciting. You do see riders like Eleonora um, Farina, who's had that and had the old podium. But when she came down, I thought, oh my God, that could be a winning one today. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until uh, Nicole came and just you know blew everything to bits. Yes. 
that uh, <laughs> that very much went, went from up in my mind. But I do think, um, you know, the, the sort of unpredictability of the women's field makes for great racing. Yeah, absolutely. There, I mean, we've had Camille winning mm. two, Miriam winning one, and can't remember who won the other one. I think Dink Camille won three. Camille won all three. She's been three for three for so I think far. She was three so for this three. is the first different winner. But, but we, like I said, we don't do fact checking, so Byron's comment call us. Yeah, I it mean, was Ben. It was Ben. I've <laughs> I didn't bring it up. He led me down that cul de sac. <laughs> you know, ever since Catherine started running that team, he's gone real sloppy with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have the time to check now. Yeah. that's the only issue right. but yeah it's yeah super exciting and it feels like with Rachel coming back and maybe Tani coming back with once her head is feeling a bit better that either any one of them mm. could step up and take a win so yeah it's, it is exciting racing and um we can have it if you can play some elevator music, editor, because we need to open a door. Yeah, it's so fucking hot. Oh news. my god! <laughs> I'm getting up. Holy shit! It's steamy. It's steamy in the summer. <laughs> well, I'm I'm all sticky. I was actually got beads of sweat rolling down my arms. Oh, oh Jesus god. Christ! Oh. Oh. Henry, I, I apologise but the side of your backpack is covered in my leg sweat <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That oh. was, Do you see how much I can't, I've never seen it be that warm like the glass is that warm because it's hot and there was steam on it It's like 30 degrees and there was, ste- was steam at the windows oh. <laughs> Alright, back in for more You take off this mat because this is super unbreathable as well. Oh my goodness me! Right, I really hope there's just like do 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 do, (laughs) or um, like you know like like what song do they play on them? Oh Jesus! When you wait for the whole music, yeah. That was uncomfortable. And that was... The chat started to get a little bit fucking wayward as well as we were getting to leave. Yeah. Um, and that was Lily Lewis leading love. <laughs> right. Okay, well, shut, shut the door. Yeah. Back in. Now, now on to the elite men's field. Now, yet again, before we get to the top five, something very important happened for pink bike racing mm-hmm. at the weekend. Do you want to talk us through it? So, T. Willelli, our elite racer, he has been he's been having a tough year. Yes. Tough year. He had some good results last year, knocking on the top 20, and he knows he's that quick, and he really likes the bike. He knows he can ride it well, but there's there's been something either limiting him or maybe it was a confidence thing or maybe it's just because he was so busy but he, he wasn't getting the results well, that he wanted this year Lords there's lots of change mm-hmm. you know he, I think that's sort of like a right of way but he still qualified mm-hmm. but didn't, didn't have a great finals run um, then we went to Fort William where he was on pace in a really True. good time training mm-hmm. um, then had a massive smash yeah. and Lear Gang he slipped out before the so I don't think mm-hmm. he even think he needed good luck he just needed there to be an absence of bad luck. Mm. That's all he needed. Mm. And boy, oh boy, did he deliver. Mm. 26, he was in... Oh. Qualifying? Qualifying, yes, he qualifying. was. Qualifying. Yeah. So he qualified and you could just see 
like a weight lifted off his shoulders. Oh, yeah. He was just like, oh, oh man. I'm back. <laughs> yes. I was so happy for him, man. Yeah, we were all buzzing for we him. It was buzzing. like, it was only qualifying. It was yeah. like, did it doesn't really matter that much. We know, mm. we, know we can qualify. Um, but yeah, he was so happy. And uh, yeah, it was like uh, a few of us were saying, going into race day, it was like, yeah, Tebow's back. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, he'll do it. Yeah, he'll get a result. Yeah. Let's let's watch. Eh, there you go. 29th. Sick. Nope, no problem. And he was also the first ever pink bike racing racer on mm-hmm. the live feed. Yeah. Which was, that was, you know, we've had a, it's been a long journey up to this point, mm-hmm. you know, putting putting some good work. But um, And you know what? I didn't really clock how big that was. Because mm. I, um, I usually try and watch the live feed for doing the story of the race, but one of my racers is racing. I'm going to be at the finish and watch it. So mm. it just felt like watching him yeah. at any race. So I just watched him come down. I was like, oh, sick, amazing. But then watched a little bit of the live feedback. I've not watched all of it. And uh, yeah, just hearing them going like, it's T. Willelli from Pink Bike Racing. Pink Bike Racing. I, I like, couldn't believe that. <laughs> I had a... Um, and this is just like, I don't know, it's, it's been an amazing weekend. I mean, I'm, I'm someone that's very emotionally invested in things. Mm. Um, you know, the thing with Leona... It was quite, you know, tugged at some heartstrings. Mm-hmm. I think with Amy was, as always, like I'm just super invested in the racing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was a long story short, there was some stuff going on back home for me in the UK. And um, I decided not to go back for it mm-hmm. on Friday and stay for the World Cup. Mm. And I'm just glad that it wasn't a no one qualify World Cup. Mm. You know what I mean? And the fact that it was such a good World Cup, mm-hmm. it just felt like... It's got a huge significance to me this weekend, hmm. and it'll, it'll live long in the memory. I'm very proud of them all. Mm. I'm proud that I could do like little bits to help out. And um, honestly, seeing Tebow fucking Lally on that live feed, Tebow fucking, it was just. It was honestly, it was like a just this whole wave of emotion came over mm. me watching it, and I just thought this is real. It's the first I, because I think because you know I don't know if it's for you as well, but like we've done stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of familiar with that. Yeah, true. Um, so that's sort of something I'm I'm familiar with. Mm. But this was a very different thing. This was mm. like, oh my god, it exists. <laughs> it was. Um, <laughs> it was. An, I'm just. I'm just genuinely like, not to go on, but just so happy for them all. Um, and yeah, Tebow was on the live feed, and he got and he got paid. a decent result. Oh, mm. it just means the world to me. Yeah, um, fully, fully agreed. It's. I didn't start the team. For that reason. Mm. But he started it to, to get rich, right? Get rich he, or die trying. That's... It's not worked yet. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong, but I seem to have less money. Well, you can keep giving away V10s. You need to sell them. Sell them at the back of a van. <sighs> right, okay. okay. So we're, gonna, we're having 18 riders next year. So. <laughs> I'll put the Santa, Santa Cruz order in. So we need 140 frames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's that, funny, actually. There's a... It's someone I know who's a team manager mm-hmm. and he, he works you know, with, with a certain brand mm-hmm. and there isn't a plumber, carpenter or any type of tradesman in the, um, you know, in the particular region that he lives that doesn't have the certain brand of bike because I know he's paid them for all the work in bike parts. <laughs> I'll give you this with an XT group set and you do my kitchen. The guy's like, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, so, I mean, I've got something to learn then. This whole team manager thing, I thought it was all organised. Yeah, you get a but- patio done. <laughs> Go for it, man. Um, so, to progress on to the top five then, Benoit Coulange, um, huge fans of mm-hmm. on this show, 
on this podcast. I mean, the fan club is sat next to me, so... Well, during Number one fan club. (laughs) So I have a tiny Instagram account. Yeah. Right. Secret. Super. I mean, not that anyone would care, but it's many hours to put memes of sausage dogs on there. And uh, and we mentioned him the last podcast, and he asked around, and he got my details, and he sent me a really nice message saying thanks Mm -hmm. for the kind words. And I just thought, that's why I love Benoit Coulon, because he's (laughs) one of the real ones, you know? Um, Anyways, he got fifth. Um... Andreas Kolb had another fantastic result in fourth. Greg Minar in third. <laughs> it's weird how it almost seems like, yeah, of course, of course he got third. It mm. almost like doesn't seem like a big thing, but it's a big thing. Oh my God, it's colossal. Like, dude, <laughs> how, like, how is he still going so fast? Mm. He's, he is, uh, he's a flipping unicorn I, I was trying to think of a more uh, elaborate word there but he's a unicorn yeah, I mean he was 0.3 off Finn mm-hmm. and until, until you know until Perion came down mm-hmm. like Finn, Finn had smashed it yeah um, yeah quite amazing quite amazing um, yeah then Finn Isles in second on that new demo mm-hmm. looks to be very different I wonder what's going on there mm-hmm. um, everyone was pretty tight lipped I do the little tech video I go mm-hmm. and I basically pester people they tell me nothing then I speculate wildly um, but basically, it looks like a, a lugged frame, similar to an Afton bike. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, someone dropped the word patent when I was asking questions. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, and this is pure speculation, please don't quote me on this because it's almost definitely not true. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's something very different going on with the shock. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, look at the architecture of the frame, if it is something, and this is wrong, please don't quote me on this, I wonder if it's a pull shock. Mm. Yeah, when you mentioned the patent thing, it got my, my hay head going as well and I wonder if they're just experimenting with things with an eye to buy the patent mm. or buy a patent oh, if yeah, it's good true. so they can't show and talk about it mm. because they're they're figuring out the mm. process in the back end patent but, it, but it could could be other things like I feel like because it's, it's it still looks like it's an FSR arrangement it's still got the pivot kind of mm. with the derailleur kind of on the chainstay and it's still got the rocker link at the top so it's either the shock actuation or it could even be like it's pivoting around the bottom bracket yeah. or something like that. Because the chainstay gets really fat, which to me think it's either they're using that extra movement you get from like a fatter chainstay yeah. to move something or that it's around the bottom bracket was the thing that came in my head. And I mean, do you think it's coincidence he went so fast on the new bike? I mean, he had he, he went faster mm. in qualifying in Innsbruck than he did in his race one and he qualified on the new bike. He says he loves it. He said he loves it. And he says that he's going faster on it when testing. Uh, so that's a part of it. But he was already going fast coming into the year mm. on the on the other bike. So it's a combination. He's feeling good. He's riding good. And he's liking this bike. Mm. It's so funny, isn't it, how Specialized did so much work. So much work for mm. 29, 29-inch mm. wheels. Mm-hmm. To the point where I think almost all the other brands sat back and they thought, let Specialized make the argument. And as soon as they have, we'll roll up 29-inch wheels trail bikes. Mm. But then with a downhill bike, they're like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> hold on. We, we don't think 29th answer anymore. Um, or at least interestingly enough, a bit of a tidbit, I believe there was actually some sort of um, lobbying on the side of Specialized Gravity to change the rules to not have, not have the same wheel. Mm-hmm. Back in 2018, it would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Amory Piron. I mean, what's there to say about this man? He's just amazing. What a guy. What a guy. Animal. <laughs> He's just an animal. There's not, you know, there's not much you can say about it, but it, it seems like he has, it, like when you watch him, it feels like he's stronger and fitter than the mm. other riders. 
I don't know if he is, but just when you're watching him, it's like nothing really seems to shake him. Mm. You see other riders maybe getting a bit bugged offline or like a little bit out of shape, but he always looks like he's in control of it. Mm. And yeah, whether it's a confidence thing, whether it's a technique thing, whether he is just an absolute beast, mm. it's so, so impressive. And it's like, when you watch him coming down on a run like that, you're like, I mean, what can anyone else do? <laughs> really? Yeah. It's, uh, it seems like that. It seems yeah. like if he wants it, mm. it's on the table. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's that's quite amazing considering, you know, you said how amazing it was, Greg getting third. But there are so many riders that could, perhaps should win a World Cup. Mm-hmm. And he just manages to just make it look like nothing. He just, oh, okay, I'm just going really fast. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I think I'm going to win now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is it is it is quite rem- remarkable, really. Um, you know, it seems like that whole Commentar Muckoff team just operates on a on a fantastic level. Mm-hmm. I would love to be an eye on the wall. Sorry, a French speaking fly on the wall. <laughs> um, I actually said eye on the wall. I want to be a French speaking fly on the wall and understand their culture a bit, mm-hmm. how they do it, mm-hmm. um, because you know. It's one thing to have one really good rider, mm. but you know they just—they just—the the, the level they all achieve is, is quite quite impressive. Yeah, super impressive. Definitely, like uh, it's a combo of different things. Eh? They've selected some talented riders. They've developed a very good bike, mm. and culturally, they seem to like have a really good time. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, good on them. It's a flipping good team. The last thing I want to mention in regards to the racing is uh, that forbidden. Downhill bike. Oh, yeah. It does look very nice. Mm-hmm. I found myself looking at it. Mm-hmm. I was there like, oh my God. Like, we were basically, we're just out. And I was like, oh, uh, um, can we get, uh, should we get pictures? And I got really scared and it all went horribly wrong. I mean, I've never been so tense. It was literally just like, it was like walking into a crime scene. I was just there like, ah, and people were coming around the corner. Um, there was another bike that looks like it's not released in their pits as well, um, which looks very nice. I had not seen that. Yeah. Um, when they came, they, interesting enough, moved the other one first. <laughs> And they said, just don't don't take any pictures. And I was like, ah, and then old Trigger Happy Max was on the case. I was like, cool, your jets. Um, but I mean, very interesting bike. Looks looks very good. Looks like it's got, an in, similar to the Norco range, almost an inversed FSR. Um, it's, I'm not sure if that's, I'm pretty sure that's the correct, correct term because it's got a, it's got, it's not a swing gun. Mm-hmm. So the, the Dreadnought and the Druid, it's just a one piece rear end. Mm-hmm. There is a link, then another bar going before the axle for the for, mm-hmm. the, for the other bars and mm-hmm. so it looks very interesting i would love to see how conor Fibon goes mm-hmm. over the course of the year and he, he clearly seems to be on the pace anyway yeah um because what he was doing on that dreadnought but i would love to see him get a result yeah he uh it's, it was actually really interesting because i i think his result was similar mm-hmm. to how he's done on the dreadnought mm-hmm. in the past which either says how good the previous bike was for downhill racing, even though they'd adapted it for it. Or it says that potentially he just didn't have maybe the best run mm. this weekend. It's hard to tell from just one result. But when I saw him in practice, he looked pretty comfy on it. And I was like, How you, how's those extra 30 mil? And he was like, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, very much appreciate it. Just taste this sting out of the tail. <laughs> yeah. So um, what's next on the cards for us then, Ben? Um, well, we're going to jump out this van and cool off again. Hey, oh my God, so hot. <laughs> so hot. And then we are going to mission it to Morsey. Yeah. We're going to meet up with the rest of the team, stay over before continuing the drive down to Andorra, because Andorra is 
long way in France. We're traversing France. Mm. It's, it's a big country. It is a big country, eh? It's not. We're not talking American here, but it's it's a day and a bit. Yeah, it's a day and a bit. Mm. Um, Andorra new track. It's mm. out in the open. Looks very different. Yeah, I'm excited. Mm. Like uh, I was genuinely concerned about getting my old body down the the old track. Yeah, it's one of the most physical tracks, and all the riders say it because it just gets steeper and steeper and steeper, mm. and it's brutal. You go into that gully at the end. Yeah, oh, man. So I'm actually excited that this track is it's above the old one. Mm. Imagine if they link them together. They flipping. Oh, that'd be a hell of a track. But anyway, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good one. I think it'll suit me. Um, yeah, and new, in my opinion, is good. Yeah, no, I agree. Good to mix it up. It's a fantastic venue. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to pay, you know, forty pounds per megabyte of data and seven pounds per text. But hey ho, that's just that's just how she rolls. Thank you very much for listening to the Bucket Boys podcast. Mm. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, really excited for this next weekend's racing. I had such an amazing time in Lenterhide, and um, onwards and upwards. Mm. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. See you next time.